So let's start with the first communion in Matthew 26. And kids, after communion's over, I'll let you go to class. Pastor Karen's just itching back there to take you. <laughs> Sorry. I like to see it in writing. I know everybody's tech savvy these days and stuff, but there's something about seeing the words on a page that just brings it into my heart. So... So they were eating, and Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And then um, in other chapters, it talks about how he says, when you get together, remember me, do this. Well, we're going to talk, we've talked, I, mean, I know I've talked about the blood before, but today I want to talk about the bread, because the bread is just as important as the blood. So in John chapter 6, these are words of Jesus, so when I see something, I have a Bible where the words of Jesus are in red, and when I see things in red, I pay extra special attention. Because <laughs> when Jesus talks, I want to listen. I want to be someone who listens to him when he talks. So in verse 47 of chapter 6, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. And I heard we had more people get born again this weekend. Yes. yes. Excited about that. I am the bread of life. This is what Jesus says about himself. I am the bread of life. Life, Jesus and life, same thing. Same thing. We need life in our bodies. I need life in my body. As I age, certain things try to fall apart on me, and I say no. <laughs> no, in Jesus' name, that's not going to happen. But I need the bread of life. I need that. And talks about your father. Then Jesus says, your father ate the manna in the wilderness, and they're dead. But the bread which comes down from heaven, you can eat that bread and never die. Yes. I am the living bread. Yes. Not only is the bread of life, he's the living bread, which came down from heaven. And if anyone eats of this bread, he'll live forever. And the bread I will give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. So that's what we're remembering today. Jesus gave his body, his flesh, his flesh, his bones, his blood, everything. He gave it all for us so that we could have life. And not just eternal life, not just life in heaven. We can have life here on earth. Thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came, what does it say? To give life more abundantly. He's talking about the present, the here and now. So we're going to have communion this morning. Can somebody help with that? We'll pass it out and then we'll all have some. 
Children, if you have Jesus in your heart, you get to have communion because this is where we all remember Jesus. And I know every kid here has Jesus in their heart. And I know that. So <laughs> I have some personal knowledge of that one. <laughs> We don't want anybody to miss out because, you know, what happens? You know, we're all part of the same body. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. We're all part of the same body. So we all get to do this together. Thank you. So what if I were to say, well, you know what? <clears throat> yeah, body, we're... We're going to go watch the parade. Except for you, little toe, we're just going to cut you off and leave you at home. I would not enjoy that parade very much with a missing toe. <laughs> that would not work too well. So we want to make sure everybody here gets to have communion. Thank you. So Jesus, we love you today. Yes. We remember you yes. today. We remember what you did for us. And we thank you. Yes. And we remember we're going to eat this bread and we remember that you gave your body for us because you love us that much. Yes. So you can eat the bread. And we thank you that you shed your blood for us because it's through that blood that we've been redeemed and saved for a lifetime in heaven with you. We can drink the blood. The juice, sorry. Clarify that. So thank you. So children's workers and children, you can go to class now. This is the first communion Sunday we've had kids here. Yeah. <laughs> this is a momentous day. <laughs> for me, anyway. Yeah. I don't know about the rest of you, but for me it is. <laughs> so Today I'm going to talk about the power of words. And the first word that I think of when I think of power and word power, of course, is the Bible. Now, to people who don't believe this is just a book, there's some words on the pages, may or may not be real, who knows. There's some stories in here. Well, don't really understand what that part means, but okay, whatever. That's what the world sees when they read this book. But what you and I know is this isn't just a book. These words are life. These words carry power. These are the word of God. The word of God was so powerful that all God had to say was, Light be, yes. 
and there was light. He created the whole world with words. And in John 1, we're going to talk about the word. We've got our written word, and that's the Bible that I love. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness didn't understand it. They just don't get it. So then, talks about John coming, and he's the witness to the light, and the true light. And it says, and, and then in, down in verse 14, it says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the word. He's the word. And look at the things Jesus did. Think about it. You can read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you can see all the things Jesus did. And all the things he said. Because he was God's son. I have a question. Who are we? We're sons of God. We're sons of God. I'm teaching my grandson this. You know, he was with me at an earlier service today and he got touched by the Holy Spirit for the first time in his life and he was a little bit overwhelmed but loved it. <laughs> he absolutely loved it. And being the grandma, I loved it too. <clears throat> so we were talking about that and I said, you're not the Son of God. There is only one the Son of God and that's Jesus. But you are a Son of God. And Jesus has given us all of his authority to use on earth. And when Jesus exercised his authority, how did he do it? He did it in love, with words. When he was on that Sea of Galilee and there was a storm, what stopped the storm? Did he give it some magical stare of some kind? <laughs> he said, peace, be still. Be quiet. Yes. And it calmed down. Yeah. So he used words. So we're going to talk about <coughs> words. And, and the most important words to use when we speak words are from this book right here. Because this is God's word. And the Bible says God's word never returns void. It always accomplishes what it was sent to do. Always. Not some of the time. Not halfway. Not part of the time, part of the way. Always accomplishes everything it was sent to do. So when God's in those words, I'm going to tell a story. When I was a young, young girl, I got pregnant with my firstborn son. And I was in high school at the time, and Back then, that was a really, really bad thing. 
you know, that was a shameful thing. And I had a girlfriend who had also gotten pregnant during that time. Her parents sent her away because they were embarrassed of her. So they sent her away so that their church wouldn't find out about her, so the community wouldn't find out about her. I didn't have that option. My parents were like, nah, you, did, you, you got yourself in this, you're gonna deal with this. So I continued to go to school and my father's plan was for me to have an abortion. It was new. The only place it was illegal or it was legal was in New York. But we lived in Chicago, so he knew a place where we can go and get this done. And it would be illegal. Now at this time, I was four and a half months pregnant. I could feel the baby moving in me. And the thought of having an abortion crushed me. Absolutely crushed me. I had gotten spirit-filled during this time, and I was in love with Jesus, and I knew he loved me. I didn't know how to say no to my dad. And what I was taught was, he's your authority, you need to submit no matter what he tells you to do. So I was prepared to do it, because that's what I thought I knew. One day I was reading in the scriptures, and there was a verse. And it said, God can change a king's heart any way he wants. He has the power to do that. And I went, whoa, my dad's like my king. Huh, this could apply here. Well, I had never had any teaching on word of faith or any of that. This was in the early 70s. Um, I think Kenneth Hagin may have been around, but I never heard of him. And I didn't know what to do, but something inside me said, you're going to stand on this scripture. And I spoke this scripture every single day and night. I said it before I went to bed. I said it every time I thought about it. God, you're going to change his heart. You're going to change his heart. Got on the commuter train to go meet my dad. I'm still saying, God, you said... This is what I told him. I said, God, you said it. It's right there in the Bible. It says this. You said you'll change his heart. You need to change his heart. So in Chicago, they have commuter trains. I met my dad at the end of the train. We stopped at an adoption agency and had an interview with them. And then from there, we were going to go and have the abortion done. And I was just like, no. God, you promised. God, you promised. You don't, you always keep your word. You promised. We got done, and my dad took me to the train station. I'm like, what? What's going on? He says, you're going home. We're not doing it. We're not having an abortion. And I just went, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, this is my oldest son. He turned 50 on Friday. <laughs> and he has given me eight beautiful grandchildren. <laughs> so, <laughs> and one of them was the grandchild that was there this morning in the other church. God keeps his word every time. It's never, it's, it's never too hard for him. I heard somebody remind me of this. All things are possible to him who believes. I didn't know speaking those words was going to help. So 
Jesus said in his parable, he talks about the word being a seed. We're going to talk a little bit about seeds and words today. He says it's like a mustard seed. So let's read those places where he says that. We'll start in Mark 4, 30 and 31. There we go. So he said, and this was right after he talked about the parable with the sower of the seeds, and there's the good soil. What happens when a seed lands in good soil? It grows, it grows and it multiplies. So last week we, we planted some seeds. We had the kids plant some seeds, and today they're starting to sprout. Tiny little sprouts, but they're there. So that's what happens. It was good potting soil, and that's what happens when you put a seed in good soil. It grows. So then Jesus said, To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? What can he show to describe it? That's what he's asking. So you know what he did? It's like a mustard seed, which when it is sown in the ground is smaller than all the seeds on earth, but when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so the birds of the air may nest in the shade. Well, one of the things we planted was some mustard seeds. And you can see here in my jar, we've got tiny, 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 tiny little seeds. <laughs> Teeny, tiny seeds. If anybody wants to see them afterwards, you can come up and get a closer look. Well, then Jesus talked about how faith is like that mustard seed. So that's in Luke 17, chapter 5. Actually, verse chapter 17. Sorry, I got that wrong. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, you just need faith as big as this little mustard seed. That's all you need. That's not a lot. When I look at this, I'm like, oh, man, I must not have a lot of faith sometimes. <laughs> there it is. Because with the faith of the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be pulled up by your roots, and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. What activates that faith? It says it right here. If you have faith, you can say. It's those word seeds that activate our faith. That's what, and we can see that in Mark 11. Now every faith preacher that's ever walked knows about Mark 11. <laughs> but it says multiple times, if you say, if you say, if you say. And so, in 11.22, Jesus answered and said, he's talking to his disciples, have faith in God. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, they're speaking those word seeds, be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. So there's another factor with this faith work and is this doubt. 
but believes those things that he says, again, he says, we're talking with, I say to you, whatever things you ask, more speaking when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. So, to me, that just said, uh, these words are seeds. We know faith doesn't always happen overnight when we stand in faith. But I believe once those seeds are planted, we continue to water them with more words, and they will grow, and they will complete and accomplish everything that the Bible says. I'll get it later. <laughs> The Bible says we have the measure of faith, but did you know there's a way to make the faith grow? Romans 10:17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, in order to hear something, it's got to be spoken. So again, we've got more word seeds. More word seeds coming. And then Jesus, in several places, he talks about out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So have you ever listened to what's coming out of your mouth? Do you ever catch yourself saying something and go, ooh, that didn't sound very good? Well, Jesus says when we speak those things, that's something coming out of our heart. So that's a pretty good indicator. There's some heart work that's needed. And thank God we have the king, <laughs> the king of kings, who fixes the brokenhearted. And I don't think it just means sorrowful hearted. It means that their heart gets broken. Sometimes the world breaks our heart. It, our thinking breaks our heart. And so we renew our minds with the word of God, and that helps our heart heal so that out of our mouth we speak those things that are in our heart, and what's in our heart is good. It's good. Well, words can be good, but we also know words can be bad. How many of you have been hurt by something somebody said? I know I have. I'll bet every human being that's ever walked on earth has been hurt by something someone said. So in Proverbs 18:21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So what do we want to release when we open our mouth? Do we want to release life to another person, or do we want to release death? Do we want to hurt them? Do we want to heal them? You know, we don't want to hurt people. And words, so words can be good seeds or they can be bad seeds, depending. And the soil doesn't always know the difference. When you plant a seed, you plant a seed. Every spring, my neighbors do not like me because I have a front yard full of dandelions. And every year, I send dandelions to the rest of the neighborhood when the wind blows. <laughs> and I send the dandelion seeds. And I am sure my neighbors are not happy about that at all. But it is what it is sometimes. <laughs> The ground doesn't know the dandelions aren't supposed to be there and I don't want them there. The seeds go in the ground and they grow up. So we've got the good seeds or the bad seeds. So what do we do 
when bad seeds come our way? What do we do? Sometimes they get in our heart. What do we do? We have the Holy Spirit. He is our inner witness. He can tell us sometimes when those seeds come. So I want everybody to close your eyes. I'm going to say some words. You're just going to give your inner, inner witness a chance to operate here, to function. You're an idiot. What did that feel like? Kind of, eh, I don't think I like, I didn't like saying it. I know that. <laughs> that hurt. Yes. You can feel it. You can feel it in your spirit when those words come. You know what? You're just no good. You're never going to, you're never going to whoop this thing. You can't do it. There's the inner witness telling you, that's not true. How about Jesus loves you? You are more than a conqueror in Jesus. How does that feel? Kind of get you a little happy, a little excited. Those are the good seeds. I had a wise woman tell me a long time ago, she says, if you're walking in love, okay, we're done with the exercise, so if you want to open your eyes, you can do that. Don't want people falling asleep here. <laughs> had a wise woman once tell me, she says, if you're walking in love, you never need to receive the bad seeds when they're spoken. You just say, nope, not receiving that. Nope, nope, I don't care. You can say that to your heart's content. But nope, I'm not receiving it because I only receive love words. I, that's all I receive. And so we can do that. But there are times when those seeds are already in there and they've already taken root. So what do we do? What do we do with that when that comes? This is where it's really, really, really vital to have a good relationship with the Holy Spirit and with the Word of God. Because <coughs> the Word of God can renew our minds so that we can understand what the truth is and we can speak the truth to ourselves. We can speak that truth to ourselves and the Holy Spirit can help us do that. And then the Holy Spirit can heal our heart from those places where we've been broken and hurt. I've been hurt bad many times in my life. And you know I can honestly say I am not angry and I do not wish harm on anybody that has done that to me. That is the truth. I am free from that. Yes. That's not who I was. That's not who I am. That's not who Jesus made me to be. I'm not that girl that got beat up and abused. I'm not that person. I'm a child of God. I have all the authority Jesus has on this earth. I can speak to a mountain and it has to move. A long time ago, my dad used to tell me, we were from, like I said, we're from Chicago, and he'd say, man, I love you so much. If I could take the city of Chicago and dump it in Lake Michigan for you, I'd do that. And I believed him. Yeah. He was my dad. Why wouldn't I believe him? One day, I was just really hurting. 
and heard God tell me, remember when your dad used to tell you that and how good that made you feel when your dad told you he loved you that much? He says, well, I love you that much, and I can move the city of Chicago <laughs> into the lake. <laughs> and he says, for your good, if it would help, I would do it. Yes. He loved me that much. He loves me that much. And it's not just empty words. He proved it when Jesus went to the cross. He proved it. And I was just like, oh, Daddy, I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you. You're my dad. Didn't always used to like God the Father. He wasn't always my dad. Because Father image was kind of a yucky image. One day, I read the scripture where Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I went, really? Huh. Well, I know what Jesus is like, and I really love him, and I know he loves me. God, the Father's like that? Oh, man, what have I been missing out on? <laughs> Changed my whole outlook towards him. My whole outlook. So we're going to talk, I just want to read a set of scriptures here from Numbers. Actually, we're not going to do that today. We're not going there. We're going to stop here because another way that hearts can get healed is by laying on of hands. And I know that there are people in this yes. room that have some hurts that have not been healed yet. I know that. God has spoken that to me, and I believe it. Yes. So what I'm going to do, we're done with the teaching for now, what we're done. What I'm going to do is have anybody who needs that power of God, that love of God released into their heart to bring healing, I want you to come up here so yes. that we can pray with you. Yes. So.